Welcome to New Persuasive Words. I'm Bill Bohr. And I'm Scott Jones. How did that feel doing it differently? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I am always the, I always do the first the opener. I know. Well, you know, we can we we're not we can show that there I guess you know there's like two ways to do it. Either you go first or I go first. So right, can, there's a million ways. I always say there's only two ways to do everything. You know, it's just the one and the many. Either everything's changing or everything's the same. There's only like two options to almost every question. But uh, welcome to New Persuasive Words. Um, though we were rocking out to the sound of Tom Petty. Uh, totally. Totally. And uh, That's uh, Bill's Bruce Springsteen. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't fully realize it, but uh, Scott named something out loud before this whole thing started that I like Tom Petty better than Bruce Springsteen, which I think is true. As does Howard Stern. Yeah, there we go. So... Any anyway, rate, welcome to Friday Night Lights, uh, and we are uh, thinking about a lot of things tonight, but we've decided to talk about guns. Do you like guns? You know, I own a gun. I, own a I gun. don't own I own any two, guns. I own two guns. Uh, I don't know if like is the right word. I mean, part of it is, um, you know, it's part of my family's culture. First of all, um, you know, hunting was something that my grandfathers did and their fathers did for food. It wasn't it wasn't just recreational, it was something that was f- for food. Uh I started out as a teenager, I, I went hunting a couple of times, killed something, I didn't like it. So I would create a family scandal because I quit hunting because I didn't want to shoot things. Uh but I lived in an area as an adult where there was rabbit animals and I had young children, so I got got my guns back and uh I don't know. I like them, but I'm not. I'm not anti-guns, and um, and theoretically, but I think our obsession with guns as a culture, uh, the fact that we are allegedly such a religious, moral culture, but we tolerate the levels of death and violence in this. You know, but I mean, and it's something. Frankly, it goes back to our founding. You know, I mean, this was a frontier. And part of how we how we took this country was by violence. Um, you know, we were founded in, during a revolution. We eradicated the native people that were here first. Uh, we killed you know over half a million of ourselves fighting over our national identity. And so, you know, we are one of probably the most violent uh, developed country in the world. City on the hill. Yeah, a dangerous city on the hill. Yeah, that's for sure. So. And one level, I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not this kind of, I mean, I, um, you know, I, I don't shoot guns recreationally. I mean, periodically I will. Um, given the firepower that's in my neighborhood, I think I need to upgrade my guns. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, the kind of fire the shooting. I, I live, how, how would you describe where I live? I live kind of in suburban, rural um we live. We live well, like yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah, both but we, live. we live close, but it's yeah, people like their you, guns around here. Yeah, I mean, it, it. We it is. We live close to a lot of people that have a lot of guns. A lot of guns. Yeah, I mean, I drive by. You know, I drove by a lot. You know, during the election, I drove by a lot of Trump signs to get here. I've got uh, "Give Me Liberty or Death" flags not too far from me. So this is you know part of that demographic. And I grew up. I was born in West Virginia. Grew up in South Central Pennsylvania, which was. You know, far right wing Republican before that was even in style. So, you know, I was thinking you were saying you live closer to a bad Philly neighborhood than me. You were saying you live in the suburban neighborhood that has more guns. Well, both things. I actually yeah, live well, close. Yeah. Both things are true. Yeah, yeah, you do. But I'm, like- I'm actually, you know, I used to spend a couple of years in Chester at night, and uh, I'm, I wasn't more nervous there. <laughs> 
<laughs> I am sometimes in my neighborhood, particularly holidays. When holidays, they feel they need to shoot guns in the air. There's a lot of guns around me. So. Those bullets go somewhere. They do go somewhere, which is a remarkably stupid thing to do. I mean, people get people get hurt uh, on a regular basis from people that shoot guns in the air. But at any rate, but we're talking lightly here as we uh, once again, you know, I don't can. <laughs> A mass murder, and again, there's been statistics. These have actually increased over the last years. But a person with um, who <clears throat> bought semi-automatic weapons legally and bought the kit to change them into automatic weapons, also legal, uh, in a matter of shooting eight to ten minutes, uh, killed 58 people and injured almost 500. Just re- amazing. Uh, he had his. He had better arms than the police that went after him. At least that's one thing I read. And I read something today. He tried to buy tracer bullets. And you know why he couldn't buy tracer bullets? Because the uh, gun store was out of them. <laughs> so I mean, it's just absolutely absurd when you compare us to other developed nations. And uh, Bill Riley, who is a living argument against freedom of speech. Uh, uh, <laughs> You know, was saying that you know all these people dying is the cost of freedom. Well, if that's your understanding of freedom, then you are uh, beyond the pale. Now, having said all that, okay, there's a lot of research that gun control is not necessarily yeah. the answer. So you, you and I, can I, can I just say that Amazon flagged me because. The CAD microphone I occasionally send to guests, like Melissa Phoebus was recording on this. It's the one I, you have. Right. You were my demo guy with this mic. Sometimes they get as low as seven bucks. I bought so many that I'm flagged on the CAD USB microphone. So. Why, why would they fl- Why? Because it's a, they're enticing me. The algorithms. Like you bought uh, too many of the things were enticing me. Yeah. I think that, that, so I want to just say something. I don't like guns and I grew up in a culture familially like we had lots of guns in my house um but what bothers me about that is that when things like this happen that quickly morphs into not liking people that like guns right and i think there probably is a corresponding reality with people who really like guns right and then you start when things like this happen you start not liking people that don't like guns and then what happens after a mass shooting is everybody starts talking and like you know let's get rid of every single gun and let's do what Australia or England does. Or then you, you say, well, you know, none of that works. And then all of a sudden we're just locked into more of the tribalism and alienation that probably on some level contributes to people feeling misunderstood and doing right. mass shootings. But there is something inherently sick about the fact that every time there's a mass shooting, gun sales go up. Yeah, well, yeah, you feel unsafe. No, because there's a, they're afraid that there actually might be yeah. gun control. No, I think, I think... Or maybe just people feel unsafe, or in both, probably. I mean... Right, but I... Th- well, it could well be- I wouldn't buy a gun, because that wouldn't make me feel safe. No, I mean, the fact is... And the, probably the most dangerous thing you can do... You know where I feel safe? Where? Ocean City, New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you have to cross the bridge to get alcohol. I take that. I'll uh, take that. Maybe. I will totally take that. But... The you know again it's you, it actually statistically does not make you safer to have a gun in your house. No, and so there's this all kind. There's a lot of irrationality. In other words, there's a sense where if we have stricter gun controls, I think. See, I don't think the problem is merely accessibility of guns. I think there's a there's a systemic problem in the American psyche when it comes to violence 
and guns and things like that. In other words, I'm not sure that um, that there would be the cultural change that there was in Australia here because we're a different kind of people. And I also, you couple with this libertarianism um, that is so pervasive and I think is ultimately destroying our culture, one of the things that's destroying our sense of society, I think it's just something that's uh, an impossibility. Probably the most rational thing I saw during, you know, responses to all this was, um, I just lost his name. We talked about him last Brett, uh, Brett um, Stevens. Stevens, who said the Second Amendment should be abolished. Yes, and the second one is likened onto it. Like, <laughs> after he makes this, and I think it was sincere. Some of the conservatives on the five said, uh, it's not sincere. He's baiting liberals. <laughs> no, <laughs> like, but- they really don't want to go against the Second Amendment. But I think he was sincere, and he was saying, I've never understood the fetishization He's like, we've done lots of constitutional amendments, and this is one that could be changed. Right. I I think, yeah, for instance, it's not a constitutional right for you to drive a car, but you can drive a car, and it's it's regulated properly. I think, uh, you know, first of all, the idea of this, you know, I I think theoretically, I agree, I don't want all the guns to be in the hands of the government, okay? But all, I mean, the fact is, if you think that you're going to defend yourself against a totalitarian takeover of the government with your deer rifles, that's just not going to happen. I mean, you're not going to last against a group of special forces and attack helicopters. What about Red Dawn? Yeah. <laughs> it was a wonderful fiction. Yeah. But I do think... Can you believe that film was remade? I do. I know that that film was remade. And can you believe it, though? <laughs> <laughs> I know it, but I don't believe it. Is that like, what I'm saying? What, like, what executive? It definitely wasn't HBO. What executive was like... You know what? This is a great idea. You know, after the death of Patrick Swayze, like this is a phenomenal idea. <laughs> you know what? This is. Let's make it more believable. Let's switch out the Russians for North Korea. Yeah, making, <laughs> okay. it's just great. amazing. Well, they're, they're, aren't they remaking Point Point Break? That's a great film. I'd stand by that. <laughs> well, I'd I'd stand by well, that remake. It, it's it's a great film because of it of the sheer camp of it. Yeah, come on, you got. I honest. would remake my Point guy, Break. my. We watch it, my my guys and I watch it, and we watch it just to make fun of it, but we enjoy it. It's cool, and 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 it's fun. Let's not make fun of Point Break. Let's not go too far. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess, it, let's say that the America's, um, I'm, again, and there's all kinds of levels of problems. Another fact, the fact that little children getting shot by somebody doesn't change our gun laws. The fact that toddlers pick up guns and shoot themselves and their adults and their family. That doesn't change our gun laws. So the fetish, it is. Guns have become fetished. I grew up around guns and they weren't fetished. I mean, part of them were, were, we were, you know, we were working class poor. So the gun was something that often, it was a great, you know, it took a lot of money to buy one. It was handed down, you know. So the fact is my dad shot his first deer with a gun that his father had given him, that had been given to him. There was it was it was part of a kind of the tribe. The I mean, it really was tribal. I mean, uh, I remember one time just going to the last day of the hunt, and I'm thinking I'm in an anthropological experiment here, just because. But it was part of the way they belonged with each other. It was, it was identified with family. It was identified with kind of uh, these are people that got one week of vacation a year. Yeah, and so it, it's a whole different phenomena. They were fanatical about safety. Um, and, you know, there wasn't these guns were a connection to their heritage. It was a way of them still living close to the land. 
they actually practice converse, uh, conservation as well with it all. It's a whole different world than people who I know uh, who, you know, guns are, uh, the, the word fetish is exactly what it is. And the fact is that, you know, you, you don't need an automatic weapon to go deer hunting. And this uh, if, it, Well, if you're a bad shot, you might. No, but <laughs> it, first of all, it's illegal. But at any rate, no. So I think what this is all about, I mean, I mean, for some people, it's a, it's a phallic symbol. It's an extension of that. <laughs> you know, let's face it. Okay. Uh, uh, well, that's why I don't own a gun. <laughs> I one time had a guy that's gone through kind of a crisis in his life. This is why I was living in Texas, of course. And he stopped by. Bill, I want to, you know, I hadn't helped him. He goes, Bill, I want you to come with me. I go, why? He goes, because I just bought a machine gun. And I want you to come to the machine gun range with me. And I go, I'm not going anywhere near you with a machine gun. He goes, you don't know the power you feel with a machine gun. And I have to admit, knowing what was going on in his personal life, it made me extremely nervous that he was empowered by shooting a machine gun. Now, it all worked out, but <clears throat> that's just not normal. That's just not I was right. trying to think if I would <clears throat> go with you. Like, but like, I feel like going with you to move box. Like, I genuinely like you. I think if you said to me, would you like to go somewhere? I think I'd just go. I really right, but but you weren't. You're not generally worried about my psychological stability. You might be generally worried about my psychological health. But the fact is, if I say, "Hey, let's go to the gun range," you're not. You're, there's the idea that I may turn that on you is not something that's in your mind. No, no. I was just trying in this to, situation. It was a, it was a way to compliment. I just generally like spending time oh, with okay. you. Like well, I, I generally like if you were like I bought a machine. I'm like, all right, like all right, let's, let's go. Let's go to the. We'll go I mean, I don't like that kind we'll of thing. We go shoot but... skeet. We'll go. That's kind of fun. Shoots yeah. yeah. All right. Anyway, so you should at least know how to use a gun when the revolution happens. So that we're in the bunker here, you know. Why you you know how to use it? I'm sure Lindy knows how to use one. Yeah, but if we're gonna be if we're under attack in the bunker, you need to carry your weight, man. What are you gonna be doing? Recording while we're being attacked in the bunker? Probably. You'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> I'll narrate everyone's death. <laughs> so anyway, so by the way, when the revol- after this conversation, it's probably if you're when the society collapses it doesn't sound the bunker is going to be maybe where you want to come yeah because <laughs> we only got a few spots that's <laughs> a few spots and it doesn't look like we're going to be able to scatter much gunfire i could just see all right scott cover me and i'm running out there and you're trying to find a blanket yeah yeah, that's, yeah that's how it's that would not go, a, so it's by but, the way a great springsteen song cover me cover me yeah so here's the my bright spots all right you've named one of them brett stevens who said, as a conservative, we should just scrap the Second Amendment. Yeah. Now, he was not saying that no one should have guns, no. right? Because no Britain reason. doesn't even have a constitution. Great Britain, England doesn't have a constitution, a written constitution. They just have common law traditions, and people can still own guns. I mean, it's restricted. It's It, it wouldn't right. play out more restricted here. There's no reason constitutionally for people to have a right to bear arms. Right, and you, you, you could argue, and Scalia, the most conservative justice, said that, like— to defend your home front is, you know, was as far as he wanted to go. And so like, but I don't even, the substance of the argument is less important to me that a conservative said, let's scrap the second amendment. And then um, someone from the 538 blog, which is, they're very fair, but most right. of them are, they're all Democrats, but right. they're very fair right. like in their statistical analysis and political mm-hmm. commentary. And if you don't believe that, just listen to the podcast. Um, I listen to their gerrymandering podcast twice and i'm anti-gerrymandering and i was stymied by it and thought maybe it's it's more complicated than i thought right so the woman who was one of their key researchers said look 
I have to confess, I don't think Australia, England, I think that the results are overstated. We've studied it. And I don't think it would help. <laughs> and I don't know what to do, right? Yeah, that's what I was saying at the beginning. I think our violent culture is a systemic problem. Uh, now, again, it's absurd when people say guns don't kill people, people kill people. No, people with guns shooting bullets kill people. If people didn't have the guns to shoot, you know, if they're coming after me with a club, I mean, I love that. I love that um, commercial. I mean, it's ironic where the crazy guy comes into the workplace, like he's a sh- he's going to be a shooter, and he pulls out a musket. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, the fact is. The absurdity of applying something from the 18th century to the current technology, we saw what happened this past week uh, in terms of you're not having musket fire going at you. So there has to be some sort of change. But I do think that both things, you know, we can have both things in tension, the idea that Guns are a problem in this country. Violence is a problem in this country. And our national character is a problem. All those things together. Yeah. Do you think people were had to be more coordinated to be in the Revolutionary Army with the, like, loading the muskets? Yes. Yeah. Now, the interesting thing was you had, you had a very high probability of surviving the battle in the Revolutionary War. If you got injured... Yeah, it's you were done. You didn't want to. Get, if you got to the hospital, you're done. But no, as a matter of fact, I think if you take away, if you take away, um, like it, it was interesting. I think Dan Carlin was talking about this. There were m- more people killed in one of uh, Julius Caesar's campaigns, in a given battle Julius Caesar had against the Gauls. There were more people killed in one day in some of those battles than if you take away the Civil War. All the wars combined up to World War II were killed in our own. I mean, we didn't, there wasn't a lot of fatalities on the battlefield because. Of Wait, if you take away, let me do the math. If you take away the Civil War. Civil War. If you cut like, so French and Indian, Revolutionary War, a War of 1812, War of Mexico, Spanish American War, and World War I. If you combine. Now all, you're just showing off. What? You knew all those wars well, <laughs> in, right. se- in sequence. Right. Yeah. So if you take those away. And plus the Indian Wars. So if you put all the, all, uh, prior to World War II, take out the Civil War, all those, all the fatalities combined, there were battles against Julius Caesar fought against the Gauls where more people died in one in day. In one day. Than died in all those stuff, yeah. Well, we've gotten better at fighting. Well, we've gotten no better technology. Technology does it. That's one of the reasons, by the way, you know, uh, one of the, I mean, it's more complicated than this, but why Robert E. Lee is one of the reasons they lost the Civil War Matter of fact, if you're a Confederate sympathizer, you don't want Robert Lee dispatches no. <laughs> up because, in part, because he was at the top of his class at West Point, and they studied Napoleonic Wars. The technology from the Napoleonic Wars to the Civil War so increased that the time that they took them to shoot one bullet during the Napoleonic Wars, they could shoot three. If Trump was honest, he'd be like, "Robert Lee, loser, we're taking down." <laughs> All the statues. I mean, if he was consistent, this guy is a bigger loser than McCain. I mean, I don't even like McCain, but at least he could fly a plane, and I'm a poet, and he's a loser. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So my third point of light was Dan Savage, who's yes. the gay sex columnist. Who, hey, I, I I've actually interviewed Dan yeah, Savage, it's a, actually, and he's it's a, a great interview. You he's listen. a great guy. Yeah, he's, he's an interesting guy. He really. But is. he said he started his podcast. 
with a confession that he, when the Sandy Hook shooting happened, he, he felt so much compassion because he's a father. Right. And when the shooting in Florida happened at the gay club, he identified with that. He had because he's like, that was the only place I felt safe. He's like, and I just want to confess, it's repugnant, it's awful, but I didn't identify immediately with the victims because I thought country music, anti-gay, pro-gun, they wanted to, you know. And that I found incredibly moving. You know, and why there were three points of light is like a conservative saying, my Second Amendment idol, I'm going to lay on the table. The liberal saying, hey, Australia, England, the stats are like, I, I, people are manipulating the stats right. and I'm still for gun control. I just don't know the answer. And Dan uh, Savage saying like, hey, and he's not a guy that's shy about moral judgments and right. things like that, but turning it on himself. I feel like that's the, the tendency is to sort of dismiss thoughts and prayers, like which when some people say it, and that's not a political judgment. Just like, sometimes it's dismissive, but thinking and praying <laughs> and maybe praying or thinking, or if they're both acts of real confession, self-examination, uh, they can be transcendent and lead you to see things as more complicated than they are, which this situation is just... It is complicated, but if you have power to do it, make a difference. And I do think there's a sense where... There has to be some concrete things to do. We just can't say, well, people are going to be people. It's a problem of that. We have to begin to address it. And I do think sometimes, I mean, I'm tired of praying for innocent people who are victims of violence. I'm tired of praying about um, black people who are just killed because they're black. I mean, I'm tired of praying for these things when we as a country don't, don't, don't change. How in the hell can we call ourselves a Christian country? How in the hell... Can you say that Jesus is Lord when your own individual rights are more important than children in the city or innocent people just went to a concert and get gunned down? So I am fed up with hypocrisy. I'm fed up with a country that says it loves liberty and says it believes in God and acts like the Antichrist. And I'm sorry. That's where I'm at on this. That's not where I'm at, but I like that you're there. Uh, No, I mean, I'm... I mean, I think I'm fed up with some things too, but I, I think on some level where we we could probably do a lot better on gun deaths. I think we like it will not Absolutely, be, we it, it, it we will can't eradicate it totally, right? Yeah, but it, it, but it will involve. And stop buying your children those damn violent video games. And let's stop the pornography of violence that we call entertainment. I mean, we've become... Game of Thrones? We've become desensitized to it. Game maybe, of Thrones? Maybe so. No, I, you know what? If, if, if I'm, I'm off. Gonna, I'm not, if, No, no. If I'm going to say it, I have to say it about myself too, okay? You know, in some levels... I'll tell you what happens at the final season. And in Westworld too. I'm just saying. No, I, I guess... <laughs> I mean, I have to ask... I have to point the finger at me too. I'm not, I'm not saying... You know, I'm part of this country. I'm part of this culture. It's not them and me... It's all of us together. Yeah, and that's what I think is the interesting question. Like, I, I think that we I don't, could... Let me just, it doesn't matter if the person's a Republican or a Democrat or a child or an adult. They were killed in a senseless act of violence. And the fact that we are tolerating kids being shot in Chester. I mean, while this is going on, you know, my heart breaks for those people. I mean, kids I know are getting shot as they just walk down the street. It's not simple 
There's no simple solutions, but then just going and buying more guns and defending your libertarian right to live at the expense of other people is not an answer. It's And so I, I agree. There has to be a transformation. And also the liberal kind of cry for like, ah, oh, we just do what Australia, England. I mean, people it's just simplistic. Say, no, because yeah. it doesn't change human beings. It's, just, right. it's the same liberal myth that oh, if we just everyone gets more educated, we'll change. Well, that hasn't worked. Yeah. You know, we need we need lives changed. But my God, people who believe in the transformation of the gospel, why are you advocates of instruments of death? How can you be pro say you're pro life when you're pro you know, when you're not I'm not saying protecting just basic gun ownership. I'm not against gun ownership, but when you're pro guns and you're pro capital punishment and you look the other way. When your black brothers and sisters are treated disparagingly, uh, when innocent people are are put to death, I mean, it's. I think it's all connected. I think our tolerance for death is all connected and it's all different different levels. And I think that it's problematic. And we as Christians at least need to be saying, "My gosh, we you know, we believe in the Lord of Life, so we should at least look critically about." All the things we may be blind about. I I do. I love the way that you even framed this when we were talking about this. That there is not a liberal answer. There is not a conservative answer. But for God's sake, there needs to be somebody who we need to struggle with this as a country and stop having memorials. Stop somehow romanticizing first responders and people who do heroic things. I'm glad of that. But my God, they shouldn't have had to do those heroic things. I don't even want to say as Christians, as citizens. Like, well, just right, like, but but, but like we, you know, like as citizens, just like, so, hey, sure. absolutely, like, that's right. You would get pissed off at like potholes. But, what, <laughs> but, but this is like also no. a big deal. I mean, it's a huge deal. I mean, do the body counts. Look at the statistics. So anyway, see, I didn't know I was this riled up. You got me riled up. I was mellow before. Well, I was, I don't know. I, was, I like that you're riled up. All right, anyway. But you know what? I mean, um, we should listen to what law enforcement says, okay? We're for law and order. What are they saying about guns, okay? So there's 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 a lot of things that we can just be common sense about. But I don't even know that. I mean, I think, well, like, a- I, I just, like, we need to have, like, a, a conversation where everybody, I, now I sound very religious, but, like, what is the secular civil kind of correspondence to a solemn assembly or something? We just need to, like, because the whole thing about the the bumper whatever thing it's like that's all just a ruse i mean like i mean i'm not dismissing how it contributed to the deaths which are horrible but that's not like there there are country where we have a unique gun violence problem right and i think we have to look at that and say okay what are the causes of that because it's not it's it's not something that's in a vacuum i agree with you 100 percent. and i think it needs to be again going back to we need people to get out of their silo and ask critical questions, which both of those folks, all three of those folks that you just talked about, did. And I think that's helpful. And what I what I find helpful is like I would like the Australia England approach because I don't like guns. Like I I, I don't like. But the, what I realize myself is on some level, like that's easy for me because I don't like guns. Like, and I think concern. Well, it's not just concern, but people that like guns also are going to have to like learn to hear that people that are concerned about this are all just not people that you know you're just not a snowflake are reactive yeah, right, right but yeah right. No, I, I don't even know what snowflake is I don't know what that is either I think it's just it's an intellectual are we snowflakes I, yeah I don't know I like to hit whoever calls me one so I guess that makes me not a snowflake all right. well, <laughs> I don't, know. don't use a gun don't, I won't use a gun no but I think you know I do think there's a sense where 
Um, I, again, I grew up around guns. I, you know, I'm not a big. I don't hunt anymore, but I don't. I, I'm not. I don't have an aversion to them. If and, you could hunt, what would you shoot? What kind of what, what animal? I, oh, I'd probably go deer hunting with my dad. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, I I can't when I see the deer. By the road, I can't like I like. Yeah, get get a few people in your family with uh, Lyme's disease, and it's easier to shoot them. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right, that's fair. All right, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. All right. Well, thank you for being with us tonight. Yeah. And God bless you all. Yeah.
in the crowd 